in America, I think like the best part is that we're all from different places, so we're all like like interacting. So I think like as time goes on, like you just get like a blended identity, but I think that's like what makes us who we are. Welcome back to Immigrants Wake America. This is a podcast where storytellers share their family histories and the centrality of women in their life stories. I am Lily, and I am Shruti Jain. We are PhD students at SUNY Binghamton University, and we are the hosts and producers of this podcast. Our guests today are Fariha Rahman and Teresa Alarkan. Both Fariha and Teresa. Have been Binghamton University students and involved in community engagement. Fariha and Teresa talk about the memories of their grandmothers and the complications of stereotypes about immigrants and their descendants. They also discuss how the bonds and values constructed around food influence their sense of self and belonging. So my parents are originally from Bangladesh, and they moved to America in like the early '90s. I think my grandfather, so my mom's dad, he moved here first,、um, and like he had a job, and I guess、uh, kind of built a life a bit. And then I believe my mom, and her brothers, and her mom joined him eventually, and then. I think she got married to my dad after that,、um, and then he moved to America because he married her. So、um, my story is about my grandma on my dad's side. She came to the U.S. when she was 19 years old. She、um, came from Puerto Rico,、um, Cabo Rojo, and she came because she wanted to get a nursing degree in the states. So both my parents were born in New York. My mom was born in Queens, and my dad was born in Manhattan. And we've been in New York kind of ever since. So I think that food just really brings everyone together.、Um, like who isn't excited for food during the holidays? So the reason I chose empanadas、um, is for that reason. You know, every holiday on my dad's side, I just look forward to the empanadas, and on my dad's side, like. At least at home, we don't like speak Spanish, and we don't, I guess, like talk about our culture that much. But when it's with my cousins, aunt and uncles, and when my grandparents were alive, like we had、um, different types of like Puerto Rican food, and like the staple was the empanadas. So that's just what I remember most. And although I didn't ever make them with my grandma, she passed down the recipe like to her sisters, and then they.、Um, Like taught their children, so I've made them with my cousins, and it's just a nice way I think to bring people together and have a common、um, memory of someone. So like, if I think of my grandma, I would think of like her making empanadas in the kitchen. Even even though、um, she passed away when I was、um, just seven years old, I still like remember her and her empanadas. Um, I didn't know her too well, but she was just this, just this like awesome woman,、um, kind of like the queen of the house. And and the stories I've heard about her were just that she was like the sweetest woman,、um, and we call her Ma. But yeah, so I think she definitely had an impact, and I love cooking and baking. So I've even made empanadas on my own.、Um, and as I got older, my dad and I every Thursday we'd go to our like local store and get empanadas, and it was just a tradition at school. Like everyone knew Empanada Thursday, where I would bring empanadas in. So I think that that this memory just、um, really、uh, was a big part of my life, and、um, even after she left. 
Um, I think for me, um, so I was really close to my grandma when I was little. Um, so I used to always visit her. She lived in Brooklyn um, and we lived like in Poughkeepsie, which is about two hours away. But I would always visit her like all the time and stayed with them. Um, and I think I wrote in my story about how like we used to feed pigeons raw rice together, um, which really stuck out to me. Um, and I think also like with my mom, I think something that like I just learned from them, uh, like, you know, feeding pigeons um, or just giving food away was just like, I guess, like tenderness and like the importance of giving to others um, with my parents. Um, I think food is the one place like where we connect the most. Um, because, you know, like when I, I can speak Bengali, but my accent's not as good. I also don't really understand any dialects. Um, people have told me that I sound a little stuck up when I speak because it's very, very proper, like because I speak the way my dad talks. Um, but when it comes to food, like I eat the same things that they do. Like I have the same taste. And I get think recently because I'm living on my own now, like I'm learning to cook. And so I'll make things like rice and doll and I'll like send my parents pictures. Um, and I'm, I'm not the best at it. Like I've definitely messed up a lot and I've had to like call my mom. But yeah, so I think that's that's definitely one place where I think we connect a lot on it. And I think that's something um, something that I connect with my culture a lot on. Uh, like something I've noticed is that, you know, like I, English is my first language. I tend to think in English, but when it comes to like food items, oftentimes the words I use, like the first words that come to my mind are like in Bengali because that's what I usually, t I usually talk to my parents about food. Um, yeah. So um, like I mentioned before, on my dad's side, he's, well, his, his mom was from Puerto Rico, dad from Colombia, and then they're like, parents or grandparents were from Spain and then on my mom's side there she's like fully Italian um so I'd say food is definitely a big part on both sides but in terms of bringing it into the house not so much anymore like my dad had more of the cultural influ influence like his mom and dad would speak to the his him and his brothers in Spanish and then they would respond in English but for me like I don't speak Spanish I've I, I'm in a Spanish class now and I've taken Spanish all through like since elementary school and like I love learning about it I just it's not really doesn't come that easily to me but um I've been to Puerto Rico so so many times I've been back to Cabo Rojo and yeah my dad definitely like tells stories about like his family but it's not so much like part of the culture which is why I think it makes it just much more special when I do have that food on the holidays because like that's what brings me back to like my culture and so yeah I think like I would definitely like to keep up the tradition of making empanadas and teach like my friends and my kids and um because I mean who doesn't love them they're pretty good as time goes on like I mentioned before like my dad knew Spanish or knew Spanish and then responded in English, but I, he can, like, speak Spanish. I think, like, as time goes on, um, it gets passed less and less, which is a little bit sad. Like, I think it would have been awesome if I could learn Spanish, but maybe because, you know, my mom was Italian and she didn't speak Spanish growing up. Like, that's the reason. So I think, like, um, not, like, that's a bad thing, but I think in America, I think, like, the best part is that we're all from different places, so we're all, like like interacting so I think like as time goes on like you just get like a blended identity but I think that's like what makes us who we are.
Yeah, I can definitely relate to what Teresa said. Um, I think you see that with my family as well. Um, like even just like between my sisters and I, like my sister, my older sister's Bengali is better than mine. And I think mine is better than my little sister's. Like we progressively, it just kind of become more Americanized, I think. Um, and even between my parents, I think um, big part of Bengali culture is, you know, like respect for your elders. And I mean, I think between my grandparents, my parents, and like me and my sisters, we all kind of have that, but I think we also demand more from our elders than the generation before. I think part of it is just the involvement of my grandparents. Um, I think they were very, very involved with my older sister. My older sister spent, I think, like from when she was born to I think like maybe like 10 years old in Brooklyn, uh, living in the same house as my grandparents um, in an immigrant neighborhood so she had a lot more um just contact with bengali people and bengali culture um i spent a lot of time in brooklyn with them but i went to school in a very white area um and my grandparents left the country moved back to Bangladesh when i was 11 so i didn't have the same contact with them and my little sister had very limited contact with them as well. She was born um, upstate, um, never really knew Brooklyn. And I think she just, I think she has less contact with our relatives than me and my older sister. So I have three older half siblings, two from my dad's side and one from my mom's side. And so on the dad's side, they like knew my grandma, loved her, um, and they're much older than me, so they knew her well. Um, and then my sister on my mom's side, she's still older than me, but a bit younger, but she currently lives in Puerto Rico, and she like loves it there, so that's why I've gone, like because my mom had a house in Puerto Rico, and so I it's weird because I go with my mom's side of the family to Puerto Rico, but my sister is fluent in Spanish. Oh my gosh, she is just so talented. <laughs> like, it just came to her so naturally. So I think, like, she's, she got also got interested in it because of my dad's side of the family. And um, so it's interesting how, like, um, like cultures and, like, families mix. But I wish I picked up her uh, skills in learning uh, Spanish because I think, like, um, Freeha said, like, as you go on, um, it's a little harder to pick up the language or like get that accent. Like for me, it just wasn't spoken in the house at all. So I just learned in school. Um, but my sister, she's like lived in Puerto Rico the last couple of years. So she's been able to, you know, really absorb it. And she's totally fluent now. Um, I wish, I hope I can learn some more Spanish in the future. Um, it's definitely a conversation. Um, I think, especially with my mom, I think she gets a bit more apprehensive um, so I think especially in 2016, um, during the election, um, you had a lot of like anti-Muslim rhetoric and she started getting very scared and she started saying like, don't tell anyone you're Muslim at school. Um, she even at one point said like, oh, I think we should have given you a more American name. Like, do you want to change your name? And I said, no, even though when I was little, I remember I tried to change it to Ashley and I begged her, I, I said like, can you change my name to Ashley and she refused um and so it was kind of funny that it was flipped years later um I think with my dad as well um 
because my dad works uh, in an insurance company. He works for the Affordable Care Act, and I think sometimes he's he's never faced like direct racism, but um, something I think he does get a lot of microaggressions, especially because he has an accent. And I think the trouble with him is that like you know I can identify it and be like that that was a microaggression. I think he has a little bit more trouble, um, and he gets a bit more hurt when it happens. Um, and so I think we've talked about that and he has asked me, like, has anything happened at school to you? Um, and I had like somewhat of a similar experience, less so uh, because I, I speak English fluently, um, where I think I, had, I knew a lot of people who they wouldn't come out and say stuff like, oh, I don't like immigrants. Um, but they would say things like maybe about like illegal immigrants, like, oh, I think all illegal immigrants should be wrong. Um, you know, like things like if you learned about it a little bit, you might, it might sound a little off to you. Um, but if you didn't, it might sound totally normal. Um, so on my dad's side, like he, like we look a certain way. Like I don't think I look Puerto Rican. Like if so, if when I tell people I'm, or on my dad's side, um, his mom's from Puerto Rico, his dad's from Colombia. Like they're like, you're not Hispanic, or, like, you're not Latina. I was like, but, like, I am, but I may not look it. So it's a kind of, like, a weird thing for me to say because I feel like people are judging me because I don't look like the typical person from there. But I guess that kind of brings up topics of, like, well, what does the typical person from a certain country look like? Like, I think just for me, it's, like, is there a typical way someone's supposed to look? Because I, I think that's what Americans think like everyone from China looks like this or um, Bangladesh look like this so I think it's important to know that people look different from all areas and like you could everyone's unique I think I guess whoever's listening to this um, you could think about like something from your culture that reminds you of um, your immigration story I remember when we did this project in our class like I was like what object could I choose but then when you like looking into it more and finding out like the history of it like so many memories get brought up and stories and you get to talk to family members so I think like um, just everyone try to um, think about where your family came from and it will bring back a lot of good things um I think when I was taking this class, um, I started like learning more about my culture and heritage in a way I hadn't previously. And now I'm actually uh, getting a certificate as part of my master's in genocide and mass atrocity prevention. And we were researching genocides and I realized there was one in Bangladesh, which I had actually grown up learning about. Like my parents would show me documentaries um, and we would talk about it all the time. And I realized only recently, like I did the math and I was like, my dad was alive at that time. He would have experienced all this and he never told me, um, which, you know, that's kind of a big thing to leave out when you talk about something, to like talk about it as if you read it in a history book and actually you were there. Um, and so I've been learning about it a lot. And I guess I've been thinking about how to talk to my family about it because it's it's not something that's talked about. I think it's it's very taboo and very painful and he was also very very young at the time um and so he's told me a little bit he did tell me that when he was younger um so his mom used to make food for like the freedom fighters and i think he was he would have been like seven years old at, at the time and he would bring it to the soldiers um and how this was this was very dangerous because if 
he had gotten caught, it would have it would not have mattered that he was seven years old. He would have been shot and killed. And which I just thought that was so I don't know, I don't even really know what word to call it, like like interesting, like sobering. It also made me like see him a little different. Um, because he had never talked about that. He's not really someone like my dad's kind of like, you know, your typical manly man. He doesn't really talk about his feelings. He likes to just get things done. Um and I think it was the first time that I started to like understand him a little bit and seeing his perspective. Um, and it's still something I'm working on, like how to talk about that. Cause I do want to learn about it, but also be sensitive that that was probably very traumatic. Definitely very traumatic. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Immigrants Wake America. For more conversations and explorations, Please listen to our future episodes available on all major streaming platforms. We have linked our social media and website in the description box. We would be happy to hear your thoughts and feedback. See you next time. Until then, take care and stay safe.